Hey folks, I got a quick tip for you because there is a better way to buy audiobooks. It's called Libro.fm. It's a company that I have talked about on this show before. It's the only company I've ever affiliated this podcast with. Libro.fm sells audiobooks in partnership with more than 1,300 local bookstores in the U.S. and Canada and a few other countries. If you go to their site, you'll probably see your local independent bookstore on their list. You can pick that to be the recipient, purchase your audiobooks, and keep some of that money in your local community. I I think that's way better than giving that money to the one giant audiobook company where their CEO is flying himself to space for fun. I think that money should go to your local bookstore instead, right? That's better. So use code SIFPOD at checkout at Libro.fm. You'll get two audiobook credits for the price of one because I have partnered with them. It's just a nice thing. You get two audiobooks for one. A little bit of money goes to this podcast, helps me make it. A little money goes to your local bookstore, helps keep them going. Everybody wins. And then here's the extra thing I say with an advertisement like this is if you're a patron, you don't hear these. Every patron always gets a completely ad-free, promo-free version of the podcast. Please head to sifpod.fun if you would like that experience and so much more. Jellyfish. Known for being stingy. Famous for being squishy. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why jellyfish are secretly incredibly fascinating. Hey there, folks. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode. A podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. The great Katie Golden is here today. She is the absolute perfect guest for basically any topic, but especially an animal show, because she hosts the best podcast about animals. It's called Creature Feature. It's over on iHeartRadio. Please hurry up and hear it if you have not before. Katie's also an amazing comedy writer. She does the at Pro Bird Rights Twitter account. She's a writer for the Some More News channel on YouTube. She does so much more comedy from there. And perhaps most importantly, Katie Golden has a different perspective than me on today's topic. Because I, I have a few things to fill you in on right away. One is that I'm feeling some seasonal allergies. I think my voice sounds a little lower and a little different. So that's what's going on. Allergies. Another thing going on is jellyfish is our topic today. That is a patron-chosen topic. Thank you to James Woods for the suggestion and to all the patrons who voted for it, too. And the other other thing to let you know is that I am terrified of jellyfish. I have a huge phobia of them. Uh, We'll we'll talk about how that that worked when I did the research. But uh, wow, what an experience that is to do my usual deep dive into something that I am uh, uh, phobic about and spooked by. So there is a lot going on here. I also want to make sure you know that I gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Katie recorded this on the traditional land of the Kumye people. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And as I said, today's episode is about jellyfish. They are my number one animal phobia. Also, I kind of did all the freaking out about it. I think before we taped, because once once you do enough research, you're a little numb to it, right? So you'll, you'll hear me be pretty put together about a thing that uh, uh, spooks the heck out of me, let's say, cleanly. Uh, and I think that makes this a really special episode to hear. So please sit back. Or continue to be someone who not only isn't afraid of jellyfish, but in fact finds them beautiful. I think most people do, and I'm weird. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Katie Golden. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Golden, it is so good to have you every time. Uh, and and I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. When we were speaking, you said you love jellyfish. Elaborate. 
Yes, I love jellyfish. Never been stung by one. That's probably why I love them so much. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, so right next to the beach, and I'd always see these weird blobby alien things on the shore, and that would be the mantle of a washed-up jellyfish. Lots of fun to poke with a stick. But then when I learned about them, and these just incredibly interesting animals, because they, they don't seem like animals. They seem like some kind of floating space pod. And th- that something so alien can still be an animal and exist. It's it's incredible. I love them. Uh, and they have never done me any harm. So I approach them with an open heart and open arms and lots of open arms, I think, on their side or tentacles, I guess they're called. Uh, yeah. Everything you say is true. And... I just, they're they're my number one animal phobia. Like, it doesn't totally make sense. But there's been a really, uh, I would say, revolting experience to research. I didn't, I I was doing a lot of, like, holding my hand over the picture in the article and stuff. And everything you say (laughs) is correct. There's nothing actually wrong with them. It's just my snakes or bugs or whatever it is for people. Because I'm fine with bugs and snakes. I just, jellyfish are really bad for me. Well, you know, this is your Batman moment where, you know, in Batman, he's afraid of bats and you're afraid of jellyfish, but you're diving into the sea, as it were, to explore right. the jellyfish to become Jellyman, <laughs> protector of uh, the city. You could just call me Master Wine the entire rest of the, the episode. Jay, Master Wine, it's a wonder you're you're so afraid of jellyfish, but here you are, dressed as a giant jellyfish, punching out criminals. Should have been a better father's figure to I figure. You probably need some therapy. (laughs) And then I talk like this, but whenever I have the mask on, I talk like this. And then it's like, we can still tell it's you. I know you're doing a weird voice thing. You just have a giant pulsating jellyfish on your head, and that's your mask. And like a just a living one, like it's alive yeah, and sticking me. Yeah. yeah, and like a pink cape with t- like tendrils coming off of it. <laughs> I'll get you, Captain Crustacean. Hang on a second. Got this one's tangled and yep, and that's stuck in the jelly ring. Oh, and that one. Oh, oh, oh. Come, come back. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you said as a kid they would wash up on uh, just the Pacific Ocean beach there. Yeah. You just yeah. poke them. And just poke them with a stick, not your hands. That's how you don't get stung. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, because I poke them and they kind of go bloop. Oh wait, like they make a bloop sound, or it's no, just a funny visual. That, I'm sort of the physical, the yeah, physical effect the of blooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I one one of many things I saw was jellyfish farmers in a video when I was researching this, and I was like white knuckling it, but I was seeing them sort of <laughs> do piles of them on a floor like that. Yeah. They're just pancakes what about, immediately. What about them? And this is said with no judgment because I, I've i had many many a strange phobia throughout my life, bananas being one of them. Uh, and so I what? am not one. Yeah, no, I, well, I'm not afraid of bananas. They don't, like, frighten me, but I hate them mm. so much. Don't like the smell, don't like the look, don't even really like touching them. And uh, it is it is okay to laugh at that because it's funny to me. So any phobia I hear, it's like, yeah, no, I, I get it. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you can basically defeat me by wielding a banana and holding it like a gun, and I am defeated. <laughs> so, but I do want to ask, what is it about jellyfish for you that yeah kind of triggers that fear response, or is it fear or disgust? Oh, that's a perfect question. I think it's a little more discussed because also like in researching this, I learned some new ways they are actually dangerous that I did not know. And it didn't really make me more (laughs) afraid of them. You know what I mean? Like I was still like uh, uh, just as mad. Oh, well, like and and also kind of fascinated. I was a little less afraid almost to know how they could kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the the squishiness and the Mm. just the lack of any things I recognize as human, I think, is where it's coming from, too. Yeah. Like, because the other similar phobias I have are, like, anemones and other little... Mm. any Anything bottom-feedy in the ocean really wigs me out, and also a little bit, like, fungi and mushrooms and stuff. Oh, that's so me. interesting. I think it's anything, like, 
alien and creeping and growing like that. Right. Well, what's interesting about that is that fungi kind of defy sort of the some of the rules of nature because they're not they're not animals, but they're not plants. They're sort of this weird in between thing. And jellyfish are animals, but they're so strange. They're just so unlike most other animals on the planet that that it does kind of like they don't have they don't have a brain. I mean, we'll we'll talk. I'm sure we're going to talk all about how how weird they are. But, yeah, no, no, I get that. (laughs) But I dig it. They're like alternative. Yeah, it's like they're it's it's like a some kind of squishy, gross force that is not like I'm <laughs> the fine squish with force. <laughs> right? Yeah. Embrace and like, the squish force, Alex. You know it to be true. <laughs> and it's like like it can't be reasoned with, even though most animals right. I can't talk to or discuss stuff with. But jellyfish, I really, really right. can't. Right, like there's, like if a lion comes up to you, there's probably no way you can reason with it. But somewhere deep in the back of our heads, we're thinking like, maybe if I have a laser pointer, I could kind of talk some sense into this lion. I could plead with it with a laser pointer or maybe a well-timed belly rub. Not true, but it's like, it feels like, that feels right. Whereas if you are getting, you know, stung by a giant jellyfish. It's like, there's nothing you can say to a jellyfish. Yeah. (laughs) Print that that on a mug. Print that on a mug. (laughs) Nothing you can say to a jellyfish. If it's a, if it's like, like, I'm imagining a jellyfish with a coffee mug, like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. But also I can't be reasoned with in any way. Right. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Period. I can't be reasoned with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I I think there's also like one more phobia layer of just the sea. Like most stuff I can run away from. And I'm I'm not a super strong swimmer and and the sea is deep and mysterious. Jellyfish, so there are so many people. It's maybe their favorite animal, or or something they want on their wall, or as art, or something. And I'm, mm. I'm totally the opposite swing. It's and it's for no good reason. Just don't like it. No, well, you know, everybody's got everybody's got their phobias. It doesn't have to have a good reason for you to not like them. I mean, they are they are weird, just like bananas. When you yeah. think about it, sort of a peel, a banana peel, and a jellyfish. When you you hold them up next to each other, not so different, are they? Yeah, they're dangly like that. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Slippery. You step on one, you slip and you fall down. And everyone laughs, <laughs> and points. And like, there's some wacky music that goes off. It's the same thing. They're both terrifying. Also, I <laughs> it's reminding me. So I had the phobia before this happened, but I also had a childhood experience where, like, in, in Illinois, we camp on Lake Michigan. And then I thought a jellyfish washed up and freaked out. Aww. And it was pretty embarrassing. And then it turned out to be an old balloon, like an old white <laughs> balloon. <laughs> so it's nothing. But the the counselor or whoever at camp told me, you know, you don't need to worry about that because there aren't freshwater jellyfish. Mm-hmm. And that it turns out that's actually not true. I learned that researching this. There are some freshwater jellyfish. They lied to you. Uh, they gave me like the wrong reason to not be afraid. Like yeah. then I was cavalier about the lake, they even though right theoretically, you know, could have been. This yeah. is the power of the jellyfish lobby. Oh, yeah, there's no freshwater <laughs> jellyfish. Don't worry. Let your guard down. Wink, wink. Also can't be negotiated with. They, they refuse to no, do any trading. No, you anything. can't be negotiated. You're, you're like, all right, let's start. Let's start it at, you know, two hundred dollars. And then the jellyfish <laughs> just kind of like flaps around. You're like, well, they're sting, sting, fine. Three hundred dollars. Sting. sting you. Fine. Five hundred. <laughs> sting, sting, sting. You can't be pleased. <laughs> yeah. And, and always so glad to have you on these animal shows. I also, the other thing from researching this, I realized how humongous of a topic it is. So yeah. we won't cover every single thing about them, but I think we can get into some things here. Yeah. And on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics in a segment called... Statistics! <laughs> stealing that one <laughs> please do yeah uh well Ed, you would be stealing it from Stephen ferris thank you Stephen. we have thank a new you, name for Stephen. this every week please make it as silly and wacky and bad as possible submit to sippot on twitter or to sippot at gmail.com i'm gonna use that song in my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
like I, I imagine you doing it at like some kind of very squared away accountant character, mm-hmm. but they a tiny bit toe tap or something. Yeah. Like even their boringness, they're overwhelmed by it. <laughs> Accountants aren't boring. It's just a trope. I'm thinking with my economist husband to do that when he's working. Oh, just yeah. start maroombing in the room. Statistics. Oh, you're gonna make him say it, maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. There'll be there'll be he he may act serious, but there'll be a little a little jig going on in front of all the all the statistics on the screen, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, first number of many here. This is a big numbered section for the jellies. First one is more than half a billion years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a billion with a B, uh, more than half a billion years uh, we've had jellyfish in the Earth's oceans. They've been that's here for a, a long time. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Heck, that's a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging. Uh, and this, uh, <laughs> this number is coming from a book that's a key source for this. It's called Spineless, the Science of Jellyfish and the <laughs> Art of Growing a Backbone. It's by Julie Burwald, who's an ocean scientist and science writer. It's, it's it's really coming in with an aggressive energy. <laughs> the title, spineless, the ooey gooey animals that were spineless and terrible yeah. back in the day. Maybe, maybe that's part of why I picked it up at the library. It was like they probably also don't like jellyfish, and yeah. boy was I disappointed. They love them. She tells it like to, she tells it like it is. <laughs> Everyone's thinking it. It's like it's like one of those books by a pundit where they're they have their arms folded on the cover and right, they're here to tell right. you about the the Democrat Party or how bad it is. Right. You know? <laughs> Gutless, sessile organisms and their menace to society. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, wonderful book. It's very very heartwarming, and uh, she says they're likely one of the oldest organisms, if not the oldest organism that is still on the Earth today. You know, like they probably wow. evolved and stuff, but it's one of the oldest kinds of life on the Earth. They're octogenarians, cnidarians. Wait, they're probably more than octogenarians. What are they? What, what would you say? Like mil, bil, oh, millionarians? Billa, yeah, billionarian. Let's do that. Billionarian, cnidarians. Yeah. Oh, now I don't remember. Cnidaria, that's the, the family or the genus or something. That's one of the scientific I just names like for it. it. It's a fun word to say. Yeah, C N I D A R I N. It's the phylum. Phylum, um, thank you. That contains jellyfishes in there and cnidarians. Yeah, and invertebrate animal. That's why they're called spineless yeah. on the book cover. And uh, it's right. fun. Yeah. But it is. No they bones do, in them, jellyfish. And they do feel like ancient and uh, eldritch and like one of the first yeah. rough drafts of life, you know? One yeah, I they, feel they... we should have moved on from, but that's just me. <laughs> Let's innovate. <laughs> Grow up, jellyfish. Grow a spine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get that, though. They are very alien very sort of like cthulhu-esque something emerging from the center of the earth and casting some kind of black magic and suckling us all up with its many tentacles kind of thing going on yeah yeah right like it's (laughs) it's a really spooky animal man i'm good with everybody who likes it i also it's it's on my mind that maybe some people are like starting their journey of this podcast with this episode because they love jellyfish that much and i swear i like the other things we talk about usually it's just this one is my phobia and uh, and it's a cool patron pick so it's it's what it is but isn't that but that's nice to like to to face your phobias you know give it a fair yeah. shake they are ghost shaped though jellyfish <laughs> so that might be another factor you know they look like a pac-man ghost so they are spooky oh they, they look a lot like a pac-man ghost I'm just gonna yeah. think of it as a jellyfish game now. Wow, it's kind of <laughs> cool. Sorry, it's like it's like an echo the dolphin secretly. It's all underwater. It's a clam against jellyfish. Now I'm invested in the hero. <gasps> That's right. That makes so much sense. <laughs> when the the next number here is three thousand, and three thousand is the lowest end estimate I could find for the number of different jellyfish species on Earth. Wow. And and also there's a big caveat there. Part of part of it being impossible for this podcast to cover every kind of jellyfish is that we use the term jellyfish for a lot of different things. There's like comb jellies that are different from regular jellies. There's also a kind of jellyfish called the Portuguese man o' war, 
That's one example yeah, of a siphonophore, cool. where it's actually several different organisms living together. It's not its own animal. Uh, any, anyway, there's like box jellyfish, true jellyfish, comb jellyfish, these weird siphonophores, hydrozoans. There's, there's all kinds of thousands of thousands of animals yeah. that get lumped into this thing. Yeah, it's kind of like I think uh, this has become more widely known that like the term fish is sort of a oh. tricky thing where if you <laughs> if you describe one fish and we're not even talking about jellyfish because I think most people know that's kind of a misnomer that they're not not really a fish. But but even yeah. amongst like like fish, like if you're if you compare like a lamprey to some other fish um, and a, a guest of mine talked about this on the show before uh, about how like. You know, the, the like one fish is very different phylogenetically from another fish, but we all call them fish, even if they're not that related to each other. So it's kind of like within Nidaria, the, the phylum, I think there's a lot of jellyfish-esque animals that look jelly, you know, and, <laughs> but they're not necessarily super closely related They're and certainly not the same species or even in the same like family or anything like that. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't even thought of that part that I probably because I'm revolted by them that like <laughs> jellyfish are officially not fish, even though there's fish in the name. Like they just look yeah. so different to me. I, I I never even encode them as fish. But even that yeah. part is confusing. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they are being deliberately obtuse. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Another criticism of them. Good. Great. Keep it up. Um, Welcome to Jellyfish <laughs> Roast 2021. Yeah, <laughs> These spineless, gutless animals. Thinking of literal guts, the that weirdest thing to me is the siphonophore, such as the Portuguese man of war, which is probably the one that creeps me out the most if I have to pick one. <laughs> but that that Portuguese man of war is an interconnected colony of different hydrozoans, mm-hmm. and one of them is the comb on the top. Another different animal is the stinging tentacle part. Hmm. Then there's another digestive polyp, and then there's another reproductive polyp. And there's also no organism doing propulsion. So those those siphonophores are just drifting on the ocean wherever they're brought. And they're it's, just, a, it's a really different way to live. They're just you know? like a hippie commune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're just drifting along. That's Larry over there. He digests stuff. Uh, that's... That's Ray over there. He does like little sting tentacles. <laughs> don't worry. Don't get too close to him, though. <laughs> <laughs> he killed a guy, but it's cool. Is a guy in the commune or part of this jellyfish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like a hippie commune. Yeah. Yeah. There is something creepy to me about animals that are just actually a lot of different animals all linked together doing stuff. Although I think there are theories that that is how we gained our mitochondria as as an, like how animals gain mitochondria oh. is that it was sort of a mitochondria were a different organism that you know these these living cells kind of absorbed and now just formed this like totally co-evolved together until the point where we all now have mitochondria in us all the time oh okay that's a yeah that is a really interesting idea about evolution so you have that strangers in your body animals <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. I was, and I was warned, Katie, that you are a host of many parasites. I did receive that warning that from true. your show. That is and true. So, thank you for being upfront about that. We're all having a fun time in, in here in, in this old <laughs> sack of parasites. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> this, ne- this next number, it's actually, it's maybe the most human thing about them to me. This next oh. number is 95%. And that's the approximate water content of a jellyfish. Ah. And I'm all, I've all, I remember being surprised as a kid about that fun fact that humans are up to like 60% water, you know? But yeah. jellyfish are even more water. That number's from the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. You know them for weather mostly. Right. Uh, and then National Geographic says some species of jellyfish are up to 98% water. So they're very watery. Perhaps you, jellyfish, were. The most human. <laughs> are you are you having a moment with a jellyfish? You have to tell me if you're having a moment with a jellyfish on the show. Just holding my hand up to one of their stingers. Ow! I love you. Ow! 
the jellyfish is like, just because I can't be negotiated with doesn't mean I can't love. <laughs> it kind of probably does, but hey. It probably does, yeah. <laughs> they, it's not that they can't be loved, though, by me. <laughs> <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow. Hug, ow. And it's like, it speaks to that thing experience you had of them being on the beach totally floppy like once yeah. once they lose their water and dry out they're basically just like an old bag just yeah. like a disc yeah they're like a they're like a plastic grocery like if you put a plastic bag in the water it looks pretty voluminous but you take it out and it flops down just like a jellyfish <laughs> yeah yeah more or less and, and we'll uh the farm i mentioned the video that will have that length where you can see just an entire floor of harvested jellyfish. It looks like weird tile. Like, it's just flat. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a slip and slide. That'd be fun. It does kind of look like it, that, actually, yeah. Like, it's some yeah. kind of really, really squicky entertainment for kids. There's like, some hey. dark, deep part of me that wants to use that as a slip and slide. Is that so wrong? <laughs> I, I Oddly, this next number fits right in with that. Next number oh. is 120 feet, and that's 36.5 meters. That's the longest feet. jellyfish slip and slide ever created. <laughs> it is. It's the longest recorded length of a jellyfish. I just imagined wow. you using one to do it. You know, it's plenty wow. long. Wow, that is so long. So that must be like including their tentacles, right? Yeah, that's from the top of the bell, which is that domey bellish top part, all the way yeah. to the bottom of the tentacles. Wow. Of a lion's mane jellyfish that was measured wow. once. Yeah. Now, are those stinging tentacles? Yeah, and apparently that mm. species contains lots of neurotoxins, and it's very oh. dangerous to humans. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just imagine a forest of these things just, like, lurking in the uh, ocean. Just sort of really like that trying scene, not to. Uh, like that scene in Finding Nemo, just, but as oh. humans... That's I was wigged out by that scene in Finding Nemo, where it is a yeah. fully, basically cute computer anime. I know it's it's spooky at the time, but it's still like just a, a drawing from a computer, and I was like like squirming in my seat while children enjoyed it. <laughs> Aw, it's a rough I'm life. Sorry, <laughs> even the little polyp, even the cute little baby polyp that Dory finds and names Squishy. Yeah, they're, that's like kind of hard too. I, I'm, it's, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it probably doesn't help that they're called polyps, to be honest. <laughs> right, pretty much any kind of polyp. I'm like, uh, no way. Why? <laughs> well, why can't I talk to it? You know? Yeah, forget it. <laughs> like, like sharks, I'm basically good with, and they're yeah. dangerous, just pure, pure violence. You know? But yeah, it just feel it just feels like a land animal sort of to me. Like I could I could imagine it as a land animal. Yeah, I don't you know could if that imagine makes sense. it with some little feet, little arms. And you basically got yeah. a hippo, right? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a hippo. Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Also, teeth. violence just on land. Yeah. yeah, but you still think maybe you could negotiate with them? <laughs> yeah, Which yeah. You, you absolutely can't. There's no negotiating with a hippo. <laughs> I think there is maybe negotiating with a shark, to be honest, more so than a hippo. Like you, you boop it on the nose or you flip it over. You can maybe negotiate with it. But a hippo, no. Right. But it does feel like maybe if you have some watermelons and you're like, eh, eh, <laughs> maybe. Don't try it, but maybe. That's, now I'm thinking of our cultural thing where like sharks are a... a what is it, a metaphor or an idiom? Like the concept of like a shark in business, like the show Shark Tank, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, I, it's... I could, like they're just making deals. But if, if you make a show called Jellyfish Tank, it's just about someone like getting fear factored to death, you <laughs> just know? Just getting the worst. stung a lot. Yeah, I just yeah. did, a, I just did <laughs> like, an episode. Here's my product. Ow, 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 ow. And just pain <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> pain all the way down. Yeah, I, I just did an episode on, um, on sharks and how they are very misunderstood. They can actually form friendships with each other. Many species can be quite sweet. That episode was with Christy Yamaguchi Main, right? That's we'll right, yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, a lot of fun. We talk about all the sh cutest sharks in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, because even them, you can get along. But, right, uh... they have a heart. <laughs> but this, like, again, 120 feet, or what I think of as 12 stories of a building, that's huh. how big the National Museum of Natural History says one jellyfish was. Not okay. Wow. Cool. And 
And then the next number here is the reverse. It is three centimeters or 1.18 inches. And that's just the bell part, but that is the maximum length of the bell of what's understood to be the world's smallest jellyfish. So little and small. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) this is, uh, we'll we'll link to Scientific American. It's an article by Becky Crew talking about the Irakanji jellyfish. And the Irakanji jellyfish is like tiny, nearly invisible. Its four tentacles can be up to a meter long, but they're usually much shorter. And then the bell is a maximum of three centimeters is the biggest we've measured. Oh, you're just like little sea mosquitoes. Yeah. And then because jellyfish are nightmares, uh, it's also, <laughs> it's a kind of box jellyfish and it's one of the most venomous animals on earth, oh, even though it's so small. small and deadly. <laughs> Your yeah. widow and Qin will kill me in the face. They're, they describe what happens to you after the sting as Irakanji syndrome. Oh. It starts with intense lower back pain for some reason. Oh, I see. Interesting. And then, uh, <laughs> and then proceeds to cause headaches, chest pain, anxiety, I, probably for good reason, and then vomiting, and then occasionally either through heart failure or fluid entering the lungs, you can die. So it's Who's a very, a very widow dangerous... stinker? <laughs> <laughs> Who's a little stinker causing cardiac arrest? Yeah. A, a little, little contrarian Nidarian, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pundit book title, Contrarian Nidarian. <laughs> this Nidarian does not just get along. And then there's an American flag behind them, you know. While technically speaking, it does go with the flow in the ocean, it does not go with the flow. <laughs> but yeah, and so this this little scamp of a jellyfish, uh, <laughs> one place they live is the Pacific Ocean, and there's, we'll link a 2019 article from the Australian academic research website, The Conversation, where they talk about a new technology where scientists would sweep the water for signs of jellyfish DNA to see if hmm. irukandji jellies are there because they're very hard to like see with your eyes. Yeah. Uh, kind of until you've already been stung. Right, until they've actually hit your eye and you're like, ah! Okay. <laughs> Found one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's experimental, but that's like one thing they're trying to do because these are, you know, you don't need to go sweat them at home unless you're living on like, I think the northern coast of Australia is the place. Huh. But otherwise, it's, it's a of thing. Of course. And uh, the next number here is 24. Hmm. And 24 is how many eyes most species of box jellyfish have, which is a lot of eyes. That's cool. Nice. I I think of jellyfish as having, like, no eyes and just feeling their way. But many of them can see and very well. Yeah. They can see you. Yeah. And approach you. (laughs) No, I mean... Yeah, it is weird. Like when you think about there are certain sea animals you just don't think of having eyes. And then it turns out they have all the eyes ever made like scallops. Like you wouldn't think that scallops have eyes. Uh, But you look at a scallop and sure enough, all radially, radially along, there's a bunch of these little blue dots, which are their eyes. And there can be like hundreds of them. So they have every single eye. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such that feels like such evolutionary commitment to eyes. You know? Yeah. Like you're not gonna work on any other stuff. Just just your body has a bunch of eyes on it. Cool. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm all ears. And they're like, Well, I'm all eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the visual of their mouth doing that would be really fun. <laughs> Flapping. Uh, just imagining it. Like, bah, 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 bah. that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, these these jellyfish have uh, 24 eyes and, and a few different types as well. And uh, the journal Nature has an article breaking this down. Most box jellyfish, and, and again, it's thousands of species, doesn't go for all of them, but most of them have four corners with a cluster of six eyes at each of the four corners. Six times Mm. four is 24. You get that. Um, Yeah. And then each corner has six eyes on it. That's a cluster of four eyes that are cup-shaped and just absorb amounts of light. 
and then two more eyes that are complex and similar to human eyes. They have corneas, lenses, retinas, irises. They're fully. I. I. I they. They don't look like googly cartoon eyes or something, but I wish they did. Like they basically yeah. see like we do, and then some. It's amazing. Yeah, I. I know that like probably visually speaking they don't look just like a human eye dangling off it but i do really love <laughs> the idea of just this jellyfish with just you know yeah. a lot all along its little skirt just a human eye jingling along like little bells <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like it it's so much looking to do and to think yeah. of it having any human parts freaks what me out need to- almost more what do you need to look at 24 times? Yeah. <laughs> it's also apparently each of those corners with the six eyes in each corner, three of the eyes point upward and three of the eyes point downward. Mm. So I think it's trying to get a constant right. total view of everything around it. Sort, sort of, of like scallops. 360 feet of everything going on. Yeah. Which is just, it's probably just looking at more creepy jellyfish. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> That's great. So it's got 24 eyes. It can be the size of like a two, 12-story building. Uh, it can be, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it can be tiny mm-hmm. and, and deadly and make your back hurt and before it gives you cardiac arrest. This is all shaping up so great. Yeah, and it kind of, it helps me know that my phobia is not rational because this didn't make me like more scared. Like a lot right. of that is actually creepy and bad, but I've just remained as as scared and squicked out as I already as was. As grossed out, yeah. Like yeah. You, you're you're. It didn't take a lot for you. It's just like they are goopy, like ugh. gross. Yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> well, the uh, the next number we have here is two. And this may not go for all the species. Again, there's tons of them. But that's about how many nervous systems. The number of jellyfish behind you right no. now. Sorry. <laughs> 48 <laughs> eyes. Oh, no. Uh, that's, what they call, that's what they call nerd jellyfish like that have to wear glasses. <laughs> hey, look, it's 48 <laughs> eyes over here. <laughs> Give them a swirly in the toilet and they just flush right down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Be so immediate too, like <laughs> just boop, just gone, and probably pop out the other end. None for the worse. That's why they're just monsters. Fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex is like, don't make me feel sorry for jellyfish. <laughs> right. Just. <laughs> but uh, two is the approximate number of nervous system networks that a jellyfish has. Hmm. Uh, PBS. Not a lot. It's like more than if if you think of a human as only having one, you know. Like, it's all mm, centralized and interconnected. They have uh, uh, two sets here. And I PBS see. says they have a large nerve net that controls their swimming. And then a smaller mm. nerve net for all other behaviors, including feeding oh. and spasm response, which is briefly curling into a ball. Spasm response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they say, quote, this body-wide network of small nerves somehow makes it possible for a jelly to figure out where the different parts of its body are and to act accordingly, for example, using a single tentacle to move prey to its mouth, end quote. Hmm. Well, that's, that's kind of neat. It doesn't have to think about, you know, moving while it's eating, and it doesn't have to think about eating, and it doesn't really have to think at all, does it? Yeah, it's like I, the internet resources especially were very fuzzy about... The like I basically tried to Google do jellyfish have a brain and a bunch of confusing <laughs> headlines that probably weren't well researched came up. And the 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 upshot is they don't have a totally centralized system, but they have a network of nerves right. and there's like a version of decision making going on, like things work together and are on purpose. I would say they have they may have some nerve clusters, but I don't think that really counts as a brain. Yeah, right. It's just it's just differently opinion. organized than than we are. It's freaky. And my and you can read it in the New York Times bestseller Brainless: Why Jellyfish <laughs> Are a Menace to Society. <laughs> well, and there's a couple more numbers here still. Tons of numbers this one. The next one is 30 million. Another big number, 30 million. The number of jellyfish behind me right now. <laughs> A lot of guests. Uh, (laughs) 
That's uh, 30 million is how many jellyfish used to live in one lake. Huh. There was one pretty small lake uh, that obviously hmm. was named Jellyfish Lake. Uh, it's hmm. on the rock islands of the South Pacific country of Palau. At one point, does it stop being a lake and then just become like a ball pit of jellyfish, though? <laughs> they tried to find out, I think. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> this lake, it's 400 meters long, which is less than a quarter mile. And that's that's the long side. And then it's just 30 meters deep. But despite that size, for most of its history, it had between 10 to 20 million members of a unique jellyfish subspecies. In 2005, they reached a peak of about 30 million individuals. Now that seems kind of crowded. It's kind of like trying to find a place in New York where it's just like, you know, <laughs> all these jellyfish go like, hey, I'm floating over here. <laughs> it's very like it's a music festival all the time. Like, yeah. Like it's hard to get Jelly a bottle Palooza. of water. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has <laughs> anyone seen my purse? You yell to the other 30 million jellyfish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's, um, so how, like, are they pretty neurotoxic too? So if you like wanted to take a dip in this big old squishy pool of jellyfish, would you sort of immediately have all of your <laughs> brain and heart just completely zapped to oblivion by just an incredible dose of neurotoxin or are they, are they pretty harmless? So they're nicknamed golden jellyfish. They do not sting and are not neurotoxic. So they're my jellyfish. Yeah, they're, uh, we'll have pictures, but it's almost like that little polyp in Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, whatever. Aww. Like they're cute. And if you like jellyfish, Aww. which lots of people do, it's it was basically the premier jellyfish tourism place in the world. Tourists flock to see them. Tourists would swim with them. And then, unfortunately, in recent years, the jellies numbers went from that peak of 30 million down to way below 1 million. Mm. And they say mm. the main reasons are a couple of extreme El Ninos in a row, and then also runoff from the sunscreen that human visitors wore when they swam oh. in it. Like the, the sunscreen level mm. in this lake got really high and it killed a lot of them. Oh man, that see this is why we can't have sweet jellyfish that don't sting you. Yeah. They no. should have if they defended themselves, this, I don't know, maybe right. <laughs> maybe they're still around. So. What happens? The doormats of the natural world. Yeah. Well that's so sad. People wearing sunscreen, the worst. Yeah, like we don't think about it because the sea is so huge, we're like, oh, this bit of chemical on me doesn't matter. But in this tiny lake with endless right. people doing it, yeah. the levels actually got high and the jellyfish couldn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you have ever owned an aquarium, you know, to like thoroughly wash and rinse your hands off before doing anything in the aquarium, because anything on your hands like soap residue or uh, makeup or lotion or, or sunscreen, if you dip your hand in there and you get it in there, can kill your fish because like you're you're oh, introducing yeah. some kind of chemical into the aquarium so you have to be very careful when you're keeping an aquarium full of cnidarians <laughs> <laughs> so that's who you're talking to now i know huge tank of cnidarians alex is like wait a minute <laughs> we are here alex we've been here the whole time oh man why are you 120 <laughs> feet long this stinks i can't help but be the jellyfish i was born to be uh, that's fair and i'm irrational about it uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay come in for a big hug mm, i'll trust you this time but ow 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 ow, ow. <laughs> zap 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 <laughs> <laughs> what uh and that those jellyfish lake numbers were from a book called the outlaw ocean by new york times investigative journalist ian urbina and then I like checked on it since then, and they reopened this lake in 2019 because the numbers rebounded. Oh, good! And uh, apparently, tourists are allowed to swim in it again, but with like, you know, careful practices. So they, it, you know, it seems to be coming. You back. have to wash your sunscreen off before. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I think you basically need to accept a sunburn to hang out with them. Yes, yeah. yes. You've got a bunch of tiny umbrellas under under the lake. Just you know, that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. 
Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Linda, well, and, uh, and from here, there's two big takeaways for the episode. I know that was a lot of numbers, but we also have two takeaways. And here comes takeaway number one. You've probably only ever seen one stage of the bizarre life cycle of jellyfish. And uh, you being the general person, I don't know if Katie, you've seen them, but I was astounded to learn that there's a lot of stages of the jellyfish life cycle. And what I think of as a jellyfish floating around is just kind of one way of living for them. Yeah. Yeah. They are multifaceted, complex creatures that contain multitudes of life stages. Yeah. Yeah. So many ways to be. <laughs> and the key sources here are that book Spineless by Julie Burwald. Also, the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History and the Virginia Institute of Marine Science. And they talk about how, like, what, what we all picture as a jellyfish is what's called a medusa. It's yes. the medusa stage of jellyfish life. They really pick the most aggressive sounding names for jellyfish, like polyp and medusa. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, the teenage stage is the pestilence. I'm kidding. That's not one. <laughs> <laughs> like the stagflation or some, you know, just I, I don't know what would be bad. But the yeah. goopening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the Medusa is when it's a dome shaped or box shaped top part, which is called the bell and then tentacles trailing behind it. And the name comes from the Greek mythological character Medusa. Her hair was snakes. And yeah, that stage kind of looks like a head with snakes, sort of. That's where they got it. I blame the men in that story, you know? Like, she's just trying to live with her snake hair, and all these dudes keep coming in. And they're like, hey, let me take a look at your snake hair. And she's like, well, it'll turn you to stone. And they're like, I still want to check out that snake hair. And it's like, they look at it and turn to stone. And she's like, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? Just chilling out with my snake hair. Right. It's the snake hair tourism industry. That's the problem. Right. They shouldn't sell we tickets to that. No. <laughs> And she's not seeing any of that money. She doesn't get the drachma, no. you know? No. None of those snakes are getting getting uh, any residuals. You know what I mean? <laughs> the snakes go on strike. Yeah. Or s strike. We're tired of turning men into stone. It's getting tiresome. <laughs> Union breaks for snakes. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that, that book Spineless, Julie Burwald, describes herself as being on Medusa's side in the myth, because it reads more like she was assaulted by Poseidon and then Athena got mad about it. Yeah. It's kind of why Medusa becomes a monster. It's one of those things where it's like a mortal basically does nothing wrong and then yeah. just some god's drama happens. And then they uh, get turned into, you know, snake hair. And then they're just trying to chill out there with their snake hair. And people keep coming up and, like, flashing mirrors at them. And they're like, hey, come on. Get away from me and my snake hair. None yeah. of this was my fault. Yeah, yeah. Leave her alone. So, uh, yeah. Medusas Leave her are alone. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Medusa alone. But, uh, and yeah, and then it turns out 
I, I had no idea. There's a whole cyclical system of jellyfish life beyond just that stage. Uh, and starting from yeah. that Medusa stage, Medusas are male or female, and so then they can release eggs or sperm. They either just release it in the ocean or specifically with another jelly. Some moon jellyfish do it in a big group. Um, Fun. Cool. Not disgusting at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only, only my worst nightmare. I'll just keep sweating. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the, from there, an egg gets fertilized, and it grows into a larva, and that is called a planula. And then it apparently looks That's something... the most beautiful names for these life cycle stages. <laughs> yeah, it's always like like Greek, but way more clinical than you want it to be. Like, yeah. ugh. Like, no thanks. <laughs> Like, it just sounds like I can have a, a disease in it. I don't want it. Yeah. Nurse, hand me the forceps and hand me the planula. The planula, <laughs> doctor? Are you sure? <laughs> yes, the planula. <laughs> How'd it go? How'd it go in the surgery? I had to use the planula. Oh, so they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're, they, they're, <laughs> they didn't make it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it they're comes in several saying. pieces. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so the, the planula, it sort of looks like a furry tic tac. According to Julie Burwald. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. then what it does is it wriggles around the ocean until it finds a solid surface to attach itself to. Then it attaches, it grows and forms a digestive tract and becomes tube-shaped, and it stays anchored to whatever rock or shipwreck or whatever that is. And then that stage of life is a polyp. Right. So that is also a jellyfish, so, a weird like sea sponge-looking polyp. So from uh, tic-tac, fuzzy tic-tac to like weird macaroni called a polyp. Yeah, same animal. We're, we're beautiful. Yeah. Like the, the circle of life is just gorgeous <laughs> and elegant. <laughs> what, if, what if one of the stages is like, and then it's a handsome guy. And then back to being a Medusa, obviously. <laughs> uh, like, wait, go back, go back. <laughs> I mean, that is sort of... Uh, there's a um, animal called a uh, oh shoot it's called, oh it's called a tunicate. It just just popped into my head. <laughs> What's the name? Tunicate. Tunicate. Okay. It starts out as what looks like a cute little tadpole, and then it just like loses all of its uh, like its brain and its digestive system, and just becomes this like tube tube thing that doesn't even look alive that doesn't even look like an animal so it goes from like you know relatively cute like oh little little uh little tadpole into just tube animal Ugh. it's just so bizarre because it's like starts out sort of almost this like reverse metamorphosis where it starts out like a tadpole where it's got like a normal digestive tract a brain and then it uh, attaches to a rock and then becomes this like just it looks like a weird tube that, uh, you know, just kind of like sits there and lets food fall into its holes. Wow. Okay. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> and and with tubes, we have this polyp here. The polyp is like also a particularly standard part of a jellyfish life cycle. Like there, there are jellyfish that will stay in the polyp stage for years or for decades. It's It's an entire way of living. It's not some kind of intermediate thing for them. And the other amazing thing about polyps is that they can reproduce asexually. Yes. And that, and sometimes they also like start scooting to a new fixed location, which is another thing they can do. And they'll leave behind a piece of their foot that is called a podocyst. And then that podocyst can develop into a new polyp. But that means that... It gets so freaky. Those little freaks. Just yeah, reproducing by budding and then splitting and and their foot becomes a whole new dude it's just just <laughs> sick disgusting yeah <laughs> well they can they can like polyps can reproduce asexually and then medusas can reproduce sexually and it's this whole like they like jellyfish have every way of making more jellyfish terrifying yeah <laughs> uh, you know, others would call it interesting or neat, but I call it terrifying right. because of my weird phobia. Right. Um, and then there's also a thing they can do called strobilation, huh. which is where... Sounds fun. Mm -ts, mm -ts, mm -ts, mm -ts. Strobilation. Mm -ts, mm -ts, mm -ts. <laughs> yeah, you have to know a promoter, and then if you bring right. girls, you can get in. 
And then that's the worst part about jellyfish is they're always like handing you a flyer. I mean, like, hey, you want to come to my set tonight? Like, and they do it all the time. And it doesn't matter how many sets you go to, you keep getting flyers. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and the and the strobilation is what a polyp does. And it's where a polyp decides to, like, suck its top parts into itself Mm. and then grow into an even longer tube and then form what Julie Burwald describes as looking like a stack of pancakes on top of it. (laughs) Yum. And then, oh, uh, oh, what a revolting idea. Um, And so the the stack can be anywhere from one to 60 individuals, six zero. Ah, and then they pop off of the top one by one after they wriggle around a little bit. Okay. And then those are baby, essentially baby medusas. They're what's called an ephira. And an ephira grows into a medusa. So you also have polyps able to generate a stack of medusas while they are also asexually budding into more polyps. Cool. There, there's all <laughs> these branching forks and loops and paths yeah. in a jellyfish life. You can do it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a free-for-all. It's a reproductive free-for-all, I think, is the biological term. Yeah, there's so many paths to making more of yourself. It's Sexapalooza. Just, just, (laughs) hey, I just grew a new dude out of my butt. Yeah. (laughs) Just one new dude, that's all? Yeah, I know, that's all. It's not very many. Uh, well, we formed a stack of pancakes, and we just created a whole bunch of new dudes. <laughs> right on, brother. I'm glad I grabbed that flyer. Now I made a dude out of my butt. <laughs> yeah, but and so all of those different things are jellyfish. We just only think of medusas. And I find it as gross as the rest of it, but it's also amazing. I, I guess I'm like glad, glad there was more there than I thought, you know? Yeah. There's one more takeaway here. Takeaway number two. Thanks to that jellyfish life cycle, one species is kind of sort of immortal. My favorite in the world. This is oh, a. That's awesome. uh, yeah, isn't this the um, uh, Hydra? I, I only found the scientific name Turritopsis dornai. The, and and yeah, there's a story some people, especially amazing animal people like Katie, probably know. Uh, but it's it's coming Hydra from... Hydra actually might be different. There might be more than one. I think there's more than one. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it is the, the source is the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, and they just covered this one. there. But I could see there being others doing it, too. It's it's a process yeah, that it's the, jellyfish could do. It's all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, this jellyfish is very small. Uh, they say that fully grown, it's only about four and a half millimeters across or 0.18 inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's smaller than a pinky nail. It was oh. first discovered by humans in the 1880s. But they say, quote, in response to physical damage or even starvation, these jellyfish take a leap back in their development process, transforming mm-hmm. from a medusa back into a polyp. Yes. And uh, in a process that looks remarkably like immortality, the born-again polyp colony eventually buds and releases medusae that are genetically identical to the injured adult. Yeah, yeah. It's like Benjamin Buttons, but over and over again. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt, just like every time he gets punched, he gets young again and then old again. And and if he gets punched (laughs) again, he gets turns into a baby again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, and it uh, it's like that cycle we were talking about. If you could also loop it the other direction, which is it's all it's almost more of a self cloning than an immortality. But either way, it's incredible. Yeah. like it's it's a form of living that is uh, astonishing. Aren't we all just clones of our younger selves, but bigger and with more back problems? <laughs> back problems? Were you stung by the tiny Irakandi jellyfish? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, maybe I love to hug them so much. Yeah, I mean that that is so. It's so fascinating to me how we have this sense of life as you're born, you get old, and then you die, and that's life. But these cnidarians, like that jellyfish you described, the hydra too, which is a, I guess it maybe is technically not considered a jellyfish. The hydra, it is a cnidarian, 
it looks more oh. like a wacky inflatable arms guy. It is. It's also <laughs> tiny. It just shares so much with with the jellyfish you described. It's very tiny. Cool. And it kind of it doesn't. They they have this regenerative ability of being able to, uh, you know, such that they they really have theoretically an unlimited lifespan. And, uh, and maybe one day we'll just inject jellyfish DNA into our bloodstream and then we'll every time we <laughs> trip stub a foot, you'd like lose a year in age. <laughs> well, it is a it's a, the, the process these uh, Turritopsis and I do is called trans differentiation. And please, I'll, uh, we'll find stuff about that hydra, too, because it sounds similar. It's where an adult cell goes from one specialty to another specialty. And they think that might have medical applications. And there's also a a team that partly won a Nobel Prize in chemistry by looking at jellyfish bioluminescence and how that could be markers of things. And there are loose possible medical developments that we could get from just how totally different and weird jellyfish are. Yeah, that's how it starts. And then we start to think like a jellyfish and want to goosh around like a jellyfish. (laughs) They do goosh around. Oh, God. That's the new word. That's it, folks. Write it down. Uh, Jellyfish, you've been caught. You're gooshers. Gooshers. Exposing jellyfish. the main episode for this week. My thanks to Katie Golden for being the pal I needed to white-knuckle my way through this topic successfully. And, and, you know, if you're curious, I would say after doing this, I am still creeped out by jellyfish. I am still afraid of them because it is irrational. But I I appreciate them more now. And I, I think that's kind of the thing we can do, maybe, with our irrational phobias. So maybe that's a tip for you out there with your you know, snakes, bugs, other animals, I think are fine, even though most people don't. Uh, you know, it's a it's a weird world out there. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the reasons why we all will probably eat jellyfish sooner or later. And I don't mean to make that sound exotic, because many people eat jellyfish right now, but I'm the weird one with the hang-up. You know, I I hope you're excited to hear where that goes, the idea of eating them, with me. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring jellyfish with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, you've probably only ever seen one stage of the bizarre life cycle of jellyfish. Takeaway number two, thanks to that jellyfish life cycle, one species is kind of sort of immortal. And then a humongous numbers section this week might be one of the biggest ones we've ever done, plus an exploration of how many different things are called jellyfish, when in fact they are, you know, other stuff, such as horrifying colonies of all sorts of creepy stuff. I am looking at you, Portuguese men of war. Also, I'm not looking closely. Really freaks me out. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guest. She pulled me through this. Katie Golden tweets as at ProBird writes. She also is at Katie Golden, that's G-O-L-D-I-N on Twitter. And she hosts an amazing podcast called Creature Feature. If you like my podcast at all, you are going to love hers. And and plus, she's a, a foundational guest to this show. She was the guest on the first ever taping of this show. Please, please, please support her if you like this show. Uh, and you're going to have a great time doing it. It's an amazing podcast. Again, that is Creature Feature. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. And the most key one is a book. It's a really enjoyable book, even if you are me, which I think says a lot. The book is called Spineless, The Science of Jellyfish and the Art of Growing a Backbone. That is by Julie Burwald, who's an ocean scientist and science writer. Also linking tons of great articles, in particular from the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C., 
also the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. (laughs) 